I'm Katie. And I'm Josie. And this is Something Spookish. Hello, Josephine. Hi, dear sister. I'm so glad to be with you here today to tell you this very spooky story. I'm so excited to be scared. And again, we're in competition to be the scariest one. So please scare me. Oh, oh, I think I will. Oh, oh, oh. I was confident. Oh, yes. Okay. Oh, this is spooky. What do you have for me? Well, you remember the Bel Air house. Yes. And we covered the sinister Emily Davis entity. Yes. Uh, I think a nice introduction to the Bel Air house. I did check out the website, and it's cool. You can totally book. Um, you can totally book the house and have it to yourself. And I don't think you can go by yourself. I don't think they allow that. But as long as you go with yourself or a group, um, or a buddy or a group, then you can take EBPs. You can look for. You can try to make contact. You can do all this cool stuff. But it makes it very clear. No opening of portals. Sure. Yes. I will try to avoid it. And no conjuring. Also, I will try to avoid anywhere I am conjuring or opening portals. Yeah, please do. It's irresponsible. This, um, this house had lots of spooky things in it, so I'm excited to see what other things lurk. So I'm going to go into, I think, what I would consider some of the darker elements of the house. Not that the Emily Davis entity isn't dark. She is, but... There's something darker. She's, like, whimsical compared to these couple of stories coming up. So um, here's a recap for you. Just as background, the Bel Air house is located on Belmont Street in Bel Air, Ohio, where it sits, again, on top of both a ley line and an abandoned coal mine. Um, It's close to Sacred Shawnee Burial Caves. I keep wanting to say Shawnee Burial grounds, but it's caves. It's the caves. Yeah. Um, And it's also beneath that powerful planetary alignment. So remember, this was built in 1847 by Jacob Hetherington, and the home was passed to his daughter Lyde after he and his wife Eliza's passing. And then Lyde's younger brother, Edwin, was also living at the house at the time that Lyde passed away uh, in 1947. Mm Mm-hmm. So overcome by grief, Edwin had been inviting psychics from all over the country to assist him in holding seances, Um, and his goal was to make contact with Lyde in the afterlife because he was so consumed by his grief. So as a result, portals were opened all over the house. Oops. Oops. And inadvertently, this did lit in, you know, what do portals do? They're doors. They let stuff in. Good Bad. Both. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, so some human spirits and then some non-human entities. And and not all non-human entities are necessarily evil, but, you know, some of them that came in were. So, uh, today the house is owned by Kristen Lee, who, she did live in the home for several years on her own after moving there in 2005, but due to all of the crazy dark activity, she now lives elsewhere but she still owns the Bel Air house. So she's still its owner and caretaker. She just can't, you know, stay there all the time. I don't want to be haunted 24, 7 hours a day. No. That's all right. That's exhausting. I, it's bad for your health. Yeah, that could probably kill you. But, yeah. Uh, so I, I support her for not being there In, all the time. Indeed. I think she made the right choice. Uh, and reportedly, 11 portals are still known to be open to this day. And it's just a very active paranormal location. So uh, I am still curious as to how they know that there are 11 portals. I want a portal tour. Like, here's a portal. portal. This one is here. You see this space right here? Portal. Portal. In part one, and this isn't like a part one, part two. These are just separate stories. Because there's so freaking much. Yeah, there's so much, too. And again, I didn't... There's... If you go get Kristen Lee's book, which is uh, Paranormal Confessions, True Stories of Hauntings, Possession, and Horror from the Bel Air House by Kristen Lee, she goes into so, so many stories, and a lot of them were so cool. Um, I liked 
these two that I'm going to talk to you about today because they were darker and they gave me a fright. So Good. Yeah. That's what we're here for. Indeed it is. Um, so really quickly for listeners, I do want to give a trigger warning. We are going to talk about sexual assault. And if that is going to be difficult for you to listen to, then I want you to skip ahead. Um, we still love you. We completely we understand. Yes. Not for everybody. It's hardly, barely for us. Barely for us, but we're going to do it anyway. <laughs> um, so yeah, please go ahead and skip ahead. How far? Maybe 20 minutes ahead? Yeah, skip, yeah, we'll skip about 20 minutes ahead. Yeah, and then we can talk to you about um, our second story, which has to do with uh, spiritual possession. There we go. So, we'll see you there. Thanks. For those of us who are going to stay, buckle up. Um, so, if you haven't listened to the other Beller episode, we talk about the Emily Davis entity who pretends to be the spirit of a little girl, uh, but ultimately she is classified as an unknown entity. Uh, with malicious and violent tendencies. Uh, then we also talked about the seance where apparently a group, the group connected with entities that called themselves the Star People, and they seem to be very positive entities. Possibly aliens. Possibly aliens, but good aliens. Mm-hmm. Like, we like these ones, and they've made a lot of really cool predictions. Right, and it's impossible to say if this happened or if it didn't happen. If it did happen, though, that's crazy. So cool. Mm-hmm. So, um, what are the not cool things that are? Yeah, this is also a, spiritual. A little less cool is a great way to put it. <laughs> so, I'm going to tell you about the Bel Air Incubus. Ew. Yeah. The word still gets me. Ew. Uh, incubus is a as a male. Sex daemon. It is. It's a male entity that feeds off of sexual energy. So according to traditional beliefs, an incubus engages in sexual intercourse with sleeping women. And this is probably the worst thing that you could ever... The Probably the, the worst of the worst It's Like the most entities. horrifying. Yeah. Like, the, like literally... No. Your worst nightmare. Yeah. And I remember when you were in high school, you... We're diving into all these horror films and stuff, and you told me about some movie you saw about raping demons, and I was like, that is absolutely the most horrifying thing I could fathom. I don't remember what I watched. I don't want to watch it. No. Wow, I was a fucked up kid. Girl, you were brave. <laughs> Thank you. And I was like, Josie is a badass. <laughs> Look at her just filling her mind with all this useful information on, <laughs> on raping demons. On raping demons. Thank God. Well, just like hearing you say that that was a concept out there in the ether, uh, I, I think I lost sleep over that alone. It's scary. Yeah. It's very scary. And here I am today to tell you about it. Tell one. me about it. Look how far we've come. In the first episode, I talked a little bit about the attic entity, mm-hmm. and so this typically at the Bel Air house, Kristen and her team and working with the good spirits, like Ed- Edwin and Lyde, mm-hmm. they're typically able to banish negative entities. This one, they can't do it. They'll banish it, and it'll come back. And they'll banish it, and it will come back. And it's extremely powerful. And they described it as a ringleader where it intimidates and controls the other spirits in the house. So they think it has a really firm grip on the Emily Davis entity. Like we mentioned in the last episode, the Emily Davis entity kind of works for the attic entity, if we're going to put it. It's like the mafia. Yeah, it's really fucked up. Oh, God. And it's after your energy. It's after your negative energies. Yeah. So I... Don't think it was ever explicitly stated, but I think she she may have alluded to it, Kristen may have in the book, where the attic entity may, might be the incubus. Like, they might be, I think... The same thing. I think they're the same thing. I could see that. Yeah. Because an incubus is pretty bad. Mm-hmm. You can spend a whole weekend in the Bel Air house by renting it out, and this is at your peril. You're like, hey... You, we, you know what's in there now. You could be raped by a demon. If you're listening to this, you... You you have full discretion. Oh, you have yes. You you have a, a whole lot of insight into what you could be getting into. Um, but both paranormal investigation groups and other guests who are just fascinated by the home will go do that. Like you and I could go, but we're not gonna. No, nah, 
No. Thank you, no. No. I value my Anywhere safety. Anywhere that, that that could be is a hard no for me. I like your limits. That's a solid pass. That's a good, solid boundary. Yeah, <laughs> um, so, from collected experiences, Kristen and her team know that there is a malicious entity in the house that controls the other spirits, that, that attic entity, and it has a history of hurting people and animals. Um, it's known to be very possessive and extremely negative. And Kristen explains that it appears to use sexual assault to assert its power over people um, and also as a way to leave its mark on them, which I don't like. Okay. Yeah, ew. Uh, so those that sleep in the house are the ones who are the most vulnerable to attack by this particular entity. Opposed to the ones who are sleeping elsewhere? Uh, well, yeah, you know. Or if you're just there during the day, okay. or if you're... Oh, or you could you be there all the night. night. Yeah, but even if you're there all night and you, like, let's say you're not sleeping, you're less vulnerable. Less, okay. So it literally wants to... That makes sleeping scary. It sure does. That was weird. Okay. Well, no, I think that's part of its game, because it, so it'll creep into the, the room at night in order to surprise and frighten the victim. Because mm-hmm. that's, that's part of its gig. Mm-hmm. It wants you to be surprised and frightened. Um, yeah, so, so it generates fear... And that's what the entity preys upon, um, because fear makes it stronger. Mm-hmm. Hate that. Mm-hmm. Terrible. Um, on one occasion, a small group who had rented the house for a stay previously had returned to spend another weekend at the home. This group included three men in their 60s who claimed to own a nightclub. Um, and they were with two beautiful young women. So during their the time they had stayed there previously, they had left empty beer cases on the porch and just, like, made a mess, and they were clearly drinking. And even though that it's made really clear to guests that they're, it, there's just a very strong warning to not do anything recreational like that while at the house, um, it just seems like that would up your risk. Oh, that's really disrespectful, too. It is. It's it's disrespectful, and it would make you more vulnerable, and it's just a bad idea. It's like, you know... Well, of course it's going to get them now. Yeah, it's probably mad. Yeah, I'd be pissed. Disrespectful. Yeah. But so that was the last time they had stayed there. Okay. So um, when Kristen had returned to the house at the end of that weekend to see the group off, this was after the second time that group had stayed, one of the young women approached her and told her that she had been sexually assaulted by an entity during their stay. Mm. The woman said she had been sleeping alone in her room when she felt something penetrate her. I'm sorry oh, for using no. that word. I can hate that word. As she was pinned down by an invisible force, which then proceeded to have sex with her. Oh, my God. Yeah. Oh, my God. Um, she, she didn't seem that upset by the experience. Um, and she was curious if it had happened to anyone else while staying there. Uh, so she didn't seem traumatized. She seemed okay. Okay. Kind of like, well, that was weird. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sure it was. Yeah. Oh. Um, so she wanted to know if it had happened to anyone else. Um, it had. Mm-hmm. Yes, I wrote in all capital letters. Yes, it had happened. Not just to one, but to few. To several. Yeah. So about a year earlier... The Bel Air House had hosted a Women in Paranormal event, which drew women from all over the country. Um, and then when the guests retired at the end of the night, there was one couple named Kristen and Bill, a different Kristen. Mm-hmm. They were staying in the Emily Davis room, which is a supposed to be a lovely space with hardwood floors and a fireplace. Um, and guests will often request this room because they think Emily is a child spirit and therefore less threatening. No. This is wrong. You're incorrect. This is Absolutely She's incorrect. unclassified, actually. Um, if anything, it's probably the most dangerous room. Can you stay in the attic? I think you can. Fuck that. I think there's a bed in the attic. Fuck that. Yeah, I think I saw. You are out. No. Yeah, no. No. Thank you, no. Oh, my God. Ah. People are crazy. People like, are insane. I feel like we're, you know, we have some level of courage. I'll, like, hunt, like, I'll hunt down stories galore. Sure. But, like... I have a I have a limit to like the things that I will like be near. I will not actually put myself in that situation. No. Yeah, that's where it ends. So people are really brave, real brave, braver than I. Um. Uh, okay, so Kristen and Bill were staying in the Emily Davis room, 
and and they spent the night there. So when Kristen arrived, our our original Kristen, the owner of the house, Kristen, when she arrived back at the house the next day, the woman from the couple, the other Kristen, um, this is going to be confusing, <laughs> the woman from the couple who had stayed in the Emily Davis room, she pulled Kristen aside, and Kristen could tell that the woman was really shaken and trying to like stay calm, keep her composure. And she told Kristen that the night before she had had a frightening experience while sleeping. She said that in the middle of the night, she sensed that something or someone had rolled over toward her and started touching her sexually. Mm-mm. But she knew her husband was asleep next to her. So she just thought that they were about to have sex. And so she said her eyes had been closed and she could feel her husband's energy beside her. And after a while, she opened her eyes to find that her husband was not in the room. What? Mm-hmm. She assumed that he had gone to make coffee for them both. Um, and so she went downstairs to help him. And so she did find him downstairs in the kitchen. Um, and she walked up behind him while he was doing dishes to give him a hug and to comment on their recent intimacy, which is really sweet. But... Um, He turned around and had said that he had been downstairs for hours. Oh, my God. So... Like, the shock. Like, the feeling that must come over you. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. So, it's like, okay, so I... So, you're saying we didn't have sex? So, what what did I have sex with? Right. Because sex was had. Yeah. And, uh... It wasn't with you. It wasn't you. Yeah. So, she says that her reaction was that... Her heart and her stomach dropped. Mm. It didn't make any sense. She was confused because she was absolutely certain that she had just had sex with her husband. Mm. As you would, yeah, rightfully assume. She said she had felt his energy next to her. Yeah. So. That's tricky. That's that's interesting that she felt like it was his. I feel like that's That's really tricky. tricky. And it seems like I I bet. I don't know. Keep Please keep going. I, I definitely feel like that entity could have mimicked that. I feel like they totally could. Yeah. It's horrifying. Um, the thing is, though, if that's what it did, then it kind of sounds like it was not trying to scare her. It just wanted to have sex with her. Like, it actually... Like, yeah. I say just, but yeah, obviously it's horrible. Yeah. Because it could have been... A, it could have it wanted to... It could have just been scary. Yeah. Because it likes to feed off of fear. Yeah. And it didn't do that to her. And maybe she just got lucky because her eyes were closed. That's a hard... It's hard to say. That's an interesting perspective on the other side. Yeah. It's hard to... It's hard to discern the intentions and the motivations of, uh, you know, demons. Well, but just assume it's all evil. I, I would. Mm-hmm. I would. After this... Kristen says that now we know that this entity likes to draw people into the Emily into the Emily Davis room to exploit them and absorb the energy from their fear. So it probably got fear out of her when she realized that it ha- wasn't her husband. Yeah, different, and it probably likes different types. Yeah, that's okay. probably a, a, a good decent dose of fear. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, and then it probably lasted. It sounds like it. She was shaken for hours. She was probably shaken for well, more, yeah, years. You probably need therapy after that. Mm-hmm. That would be traumatizing. Oh, definitely enough for me to not ever go to, like, even, you know, the neighborhood. <laughs> so I'm going to just stay. I'm going to stay in Colorado. I feel, I, 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 yeah, I'd rather be close to uh, Cheeseman Park, mm-hmm. which is saying something. So, <laughs> um, okay. In the summer of 2019... This is another story that Kristen had gathered. Um, a group of eight guests stayed at the Bellar house for a week to make a film for a reality TV show. Two of the guests, two of them, were assaulted during their stay. Wow. Uh, a female guest reported that as she lay in bed, she felt hands moving up her legs and that these hands also had touched her chest. And then she felt something penetrate her. No. Uh... Yeah. Ew. So, 
Ugh. Horrible, awful, the worst. Yeah, the very worst. And you can't see it. No. You can't see it. So you're probably like, what the fuck? What is happening? Oh, my God. You probably think you're crazy. You can't fight it off. You can't, like, punch or kick or say no. Yeah. Which is, I mean, it's accomplishing its goal of generating fear. Yeah. If I, oh, yeah. So the second person is interesting because... Um, it, it was a male. He. He. The second person was a male who was assaulted. So this guest, who had been staying in the Edwin Hetherington room, um, he'd been asleep after, you know, a long night of investigating that usually goes really late into the night. He says he was awakened by the door swinging open and a gust of cold air sweeping into the room. When he sat up to see what was going on, something pushed him backward with force. Mm-mm. He couldn't move, um, and he was stuck that way for several minutes. So while and so while he was being forced down, he saw a mass f- um, float across the room towards him and hover over him. He described what he felt as a powerful entity having sex with him. Aww. Whatever it was, he claimed, felt as if it were uncontrollable. That is interesting. I think I have heard of Incubi going after men mm. also. Mm-hmm. And I mean, yeah, you're going to get fear. Yeah, I, th- I think of the, if, as long as it can get fear. Yeah. It probably, has, it probably prefers, but I, I, you know, there, I don't think there's rules for demons. I don't think there, I don't think there is. I don't know if it has a type. That seems like a weird thing. It does seem like a weird thing. It does seem like a weird thing. But Kristen believes that this malicious entity likes to take visiting paranormal investigators on a psychological roller coaster. Oh, of course. During their investigation to just completely deplete them and exhaust them mentally. And then when they're exhausted, it makes them vulnerable and wide open to actual physical harm. Actually do it at once at night. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Which is just when you think about the different levels of what an entity could possibly do getting well, that the, physical the physical and the forethought right the like the the planning and dedication to i'm gonna take two days or one day 18 hours to screw around and oh, then yeah. i'm gonna get you and exhaust them mentally like, that's a long because i know it is a long game like what that takes most spirits can communicate for about two minutes. I think it was five minutes. Five minutes, because yeah. that's how much energy it takes. In that's this. from the first episode. Listen. So <laughs> so for this kind of energy, like, to actually... That's underworldly. It is. It, it's, yeah, clearly not... Mm. Clearly not earthly. Not good. Not that, that is... I don't even know what to say. It's just horrifying. It's bad. Yeah, so... Kristen does have a tip. She says, if you're staying at a haunted location, don't sleep alone and take precautions to protect yourself. Wear crystals to ward off negative energy um, and malicious entities. Uh, Avoid wearing black onyx, however, as it may affect you physically. It absorbs negative energy in a way that can wear down psychics and empaths Hmm. uh, and who are always hit harder by malicious forces. Instead, you can gift a malicious entity with black onyx, the same. So, so you can gift it. You mm-hmm. can gift the entity black onyx, and it will repel their negative energy. Oh, yeah. So just don't wear it, but just give it to them. Right. Yeah. I have seen this. I have. I have seen this in one thing that I was watching, and they were like, "Hey, I have something for you. Here it is. Here, this is for you. I'm gonna put it right here. That's for you." And it was black onyx. So I'm like, okay, because I was like, how do you gift? Something to an entity. You know, it's like those little shrines. You're like, hey, we brought you a toy or something. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. That is all I have for you on the Incubus. And that might be... That's what... what, uh, mm, mm, Okay. (laughs) More than enough. Uh Uh-huh. Horrifying. Yep. I don't even want to say anything else. I know. There's there's kind of not words because... I, I don't think I could be more horrified. I think I think I'd give that one um, a thirteen, a twelve, or a thirteen. That's fucking. That's the scariest thing. Yeah. The next story that I'm going to tell you about from the Bel Air house, and this is all I have, by the way. I'm, I I might do other Bel Air episodes in the future, but there's so much uh, else I want to cover out there that I I'm 
I probably won't. So you have been delivering. Okay, mm-hmm. thank you. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's Kristen, really. So again, if you want more scary stories from the Belair House, you're gonna have to go get her book, um, and we'll put the title in the show notes mm-hmm. so you can get that and support Kristen, support the Belair House, and go get... to it so we don't have to. Let us know what happens. Oh yeah, because we ain't going. We ain't going. No. Uh, okay. I titled this Spirit Attachment and Possession. Spooky. Yes. So Kristen has made quite a few people in the par she's met quite a few people in the paranormal community who have low level spirit attachments. What's a high level spirit attachment? Um, I think a high level spirit attachment was it would probably be a possession. That sounds about right. Probably be a demonic possession. Mm-hmm. So these are in by contrast, low level spirit attachments. So Spirits will try... Clingers. 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 Ew. My friend said that she had. She's a Reiki master. She said she had low-level spirit attachments? She never said low-level spirit attachments. She called them clingers. She's like, they're just like, you know, little people that like have clung on. Got some cords in me. They're like, not like dangerous, but, you know, we've gotten some cords cut with a few of them. And some of them are just like... Still there? I think so. I don't know. We'll have to talk to her. Girl, send us your story. Send us your story. Oh, my God. Okay. I need to know more. Kristen has met a lot of people like this. Mm -hmm. And it makes sense because if you're in the paranormal community and you're exposed more, you have a greater risk of picking up You're bound to get a a buddy of some sort. And that is why I will not be doing any paranormal investigating. But I'll talk about it. We'll see about that mm, we'll see about we're gonna start our own investigative squad no we're not you you have had it dear one Dan. i i say nay <laughs> i'm too scared i don't blame you they be walking around in the dark no i don't like the dark <laughs> that's your that's your limit yeah I, I i will not be walking around this house in the dark yep Fuck you. There could be a spider. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. And if it's not Lucas, I don't want it. There could be... Your limits are not... I don't know. I don't know how to feel about... They're low. (laughs) They're low. Those are some low limits. They're low limits. Okay. No judgment. But I'll tell you about all the spooky things. Yes, get me. So, you know, there's that. I have my niche. And I do appreciate you. Thank you. Yeah. Okay. That's fair. I will consider... I do want to go to spooky places and do podcasts at a spooky places. We will. Just nowhere that has an incubi. Yeah, no incubi. Um, I would feel a lot better if I knew for certain that you could get rid of a clinger. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I know, like, frickin' Amy Allen. Amy Allen, our girl. Says she gets mad when people play with spirit boxes and stuff. So, like, I, I, don't, I want to respect the dead. Spirit boxes or Ouija boards? Anything. Anything. She's pretty. I think she's mad about most stuff. She's no, like, I saw her be like, "No, it's that's okay." She, she, I, she's, she's like, chill. "I talk to the dead." Yeah, it's fair. I think what she was like, maybe like, "Don't," but don't if you can't protect yourself. You don't know what you're talking. You don't know who you're talking to. Yeah, you don't know who yeah. you're inviting in. Because as we learned about Emily Davis, something could be pretending to be innocent to get close to you, make you bring your guard down. Just be careful. Be careful. Mm-hmm. I someday will potentially have enough knowledge to protect yourself when you're going into that situation and how to cleanse yourself when you're coming out of it. And right now we can't help you. I can't. Nope. It's at your own risk. All right. So spirits will try to attach themselves to a living body for a number of reasons. When we die, our spirits are supposed to leave our bodies to cross over into the afterlife but sometimes unfinished business halts or hinders this process. I'll say that, obviously, we don't know that this is for sure, because I haven't died, so I can't say. But, Righto. But here's, here, here's what we theorize, and here's what's kind of fun, so I'm going to go. These are the interesting bits, yes. In- indeed. Things that could halt a spirit's ability to pass on, 
So, deprived of the physical body, these spirits might go in search of other living bodies in an attempt to complete whatever unfinished business they might have that they feel is holding them back from moving on. Some spirits may have a difficult time coming to terms with death, uh, so they will try to attach themselves to a living being in order to live through them. Mm. And that sounds like denial. Yeah. Like, you know, you know, you are dead. You're dead. You are, in fact, dead. You can't come back. You had your shot. You blew it. You blew it. <laughs> you may not have. You may have had a real rough go of it. But you still got to accept it. You got to move on. You can't be clinging. Uh, so this is more common in the case of spirits. Uh, and this is kind of what we were saying. This is more common in the case of spirits who suffered a traumatic or a sudden death. It would be a lot harder Very to come to terms with the fact that you died. Traumatic or not even knowing that you, like died if it was that sudden so sudden you're like what the fuck happened yeah like where am i yep i'm oh my god so that does make a lot of sense yes for your own spiritual health at that point still better to to move on if you can just run just get out of there just get out of there just get out of there don't wait just go to the light go towards the light (laughs) exactly run pro tip run run towards the light (laughs) Um, alternatively, a spirit seeking an attachment may never have lived at all. Yeah. I don't like that That's one. That's a scary one. That one I don't like. Mm-hmm. There are many spirits that never existed in human form. These entities often try to take over the body and soul of a human in order to fulfill some kind of dark or negative act. This can be very dangerous, and these entities may even intend to inflict harm or death on their chosen targets. Fucked. Sounds like a demon, if I've ever heard. It's, yes. Yeah. A demon. A demon for sure. So these types of energetic attachments are different from possession. They are simply fragments of emotional energy that can enter an individual's personal energy field or aura. Uh, possession, on the other hand, involves a spirit actually entering and controlling a body. This can happen in two ways. Through external possession, in which a spirit attaches itself to a body, usually through the back, and through internal possession, in which a spirit steps inside a soul body in order to compete with it for dominion. Oh my god. Ooh, that is dark. Trapped in the brain. Ooh! Mm-hmm. Ooh! So, I'm just like, I just, oh, I have questions. How do we know this? How do you fight back? Oh. Um, Okay, so internal possession is the kind that is most commonly portrayed in horror movies. Possession can be extremely dangerous. Kristen explains that symptoms can include, but are not limited to, abrupt personality or character changes, unexplained anger, and sudden outbursts of rage. The victim's eyes may appear lifeless or dull in color, and they often lose their appetite or their need for sleep. And or other normal human things. And that was really confusing to me, but I remember you saying that, well, yeah, because now you are a demon, you don't need to eat or sleep. Yeah. Or it's like they, or were you saying that that weakens the person more. Oh yeah. Well, vice versa. Well, one, you're a demon, so you don't need to eat or sleep. Ah. And then two, might as well weaken your host even more so you can collect them. Ah, no collecting. <laughs> it's horrifying. Oh my god. Yeah. Some words are just not okay. <laughs> so you can't collect them. Ah, <laughs> uh. disgusting. You're welcome. Ah. <laughs> yeah. So these are telltale signs. Um, one paranormal group that had been frequent visitors to the Bel Air house, came to spend a five-day lockdown. And Kristen says that they were usually a pleasant group um, because they'd been there before. They had never been prone to drama or conflict. But by the end of this stay in particular, the group hated each other. Wow. How many times... Do you know how many times they were at the house? Um, I don't. It was at least once or twice. Okay. Well, again, you're, you're raising them... Raising the um, the stakes, the stakes, the chances, your chances, your probability has gone up. Yeah, yeah, I could see that. You don't want the entities to get to know you. Don't tempt things too much. Yeah, yeah. You know, I think that's a good point. 
I'm not a freaking paranormal investigator, so power to you. It just seems like... I'm a puss. I'm a puss as well. That's it. It just sounds like uh, that would be a way to become more vulnerable as if they... Started to get to know you. Yeah. You're like this one. You know what freaks me out Mm -hmm. in some shows? That sometimes the voices that will come through will say the name of a paranormal investigator. Yeah. And it's like, what? It's like, are you well known in the ghost community? No, they're probably smart. They probably heard it, though. That's my hope. Yeah. But it's like when it's their first and last name. I'm like, oh. Ew. Yeah. Ew. Yeah. Something said my name once. Oh, my God. In you're right. In the bathroom of the high school. Did you tell that story yet? No. Do you want to tell it now? Yeah. So something said your name. In yeah. The ba- yeah. So what were, wait, what I were was you doing? At, I was in, I was at Nyawat High School, which is not apparently that haunted. I don't know. There's there's points to it and points against it. But I was in the auditorium at 10 o'clock p.m. for an advanced drama rehearsal. We were getting ready for our play. And down the hall, there was a bathroom. And everyone was kind of in the auditorium. So I walk about 100 feet to this bathroom, do my thing. I'm washing my hands. And all of a sudden, I hear my name. I hear Josie. And I was like, yeah? <laughs> yes? Who? Yes, uh, fellow classmates. Oh no, but like, I walk all the way back to the auditorium, and I like go. I walk. I ask everyone. I say, "Did anybody say my name?" They're like, "No, no, we did not." And that was the most scary thing I've ever heard. Because you definitely heard your name. I heard my name. Does it, was it, like, whispered in your ear? Did it just sound like it came from somewhere in the bathroom? It was not whispered in my ear, thank okay. God. That would have been bad. But it was, it, it, it sounded like it came from, like, either the doorway, like, the right, into my right ear. It came from the doorway or the hallway. I have no idea, though. I don't like that it said your name. I don't either. Um, and I do remember you telling me that, you had heard stories, and it sounds like you, you don't remember, but I remember you telling me that you had heard stories about there being a demon in the auditorium. I And I, I'm starting to remember a little bit, but I, I do think that there were rumors going around that there was some sort of horrible negative energy there. And I do remember being there like at 11 o'clock at night like with one or two people, or I would go in there alone too, if because I, I was in advanced drama, so I would just do stuff, and it would be all lights out. I'd go back into the back dressing rooms and it's just like, Ooh. I think I do remember hearing like weird noises though, like taps or stuff or oh, like bangs no. and whatnot. No. I don't think I ever heard like a bang, but like hearing, but it's an auditorium. So it's hard, it's hard to tell. Right. It could be nothing. Yeah. But that's scary. Um, I just remember that of being like acutely aware of the auditorium and being scared when I would go see your shows. Cool. Because you would tell me, because you had already told me that and I was like, where are you, motherfucker? Where's this bastard? <laughs> you stay away from me. <laughs> you had, like, all of your uh, your crystals on you for protection. I, I didn't have crystals back in the day. You're smarter now. I, I have protection now. If you have a story of your school being haunted, send it to us. I would love that. Thank you. I feel like schools are hella haunted. Probably. Yeah, ew. It said I can't believe name. I can't believe that it said your name. Like, that's just mm, icky. Icky. I'm going to block Icky, it out of my brain now. So. Yeah, no, you've done your job. Yeah, no, you're good now. Um, this was probably the third, at least the third time that this group had been there. So, and as we covered in the last Beller episode, you are not supposed to talk about anything personal in the house because that information will be used against you. And I think kind of by default, going multiple times will get they'll get to know you Mm -hmm. how could they how could it how could it not it they whatever it is so yeah i agree that that increases your risk factor the more you go so the group had been there had had done investigations before they had gotten some evidence and but they had always been fine this time was different so on during this visit the house it just makes it sound so intelligent, this entity, this, like, main attic entity or whatever it is. The house 
separated them and turned the group against each other. The team had to reach out to Kristen and they explained that the energy in the house was extremely intense and she insisted that they leave mm -hmm. because at that point it is dangerous and she is trying to be responsible and you should leave. But they expressed that they really wanted to push through all five days. So she let them stay like they had signed that waiver that said, hey, you could get hurt. And she warned them again, like, you guys are going, you guys are probably going to get hurt. I wonder if it already has a small grip on them. And made, made them want to stay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because it's like, I'm having fun. Right. These guys are fun. Because now they want to stay. I'm going to get to know them so well. Ooh. Ooh. Yeah. They should have left. They should have left. I can tell you right now. So a very important rule at the Bel Air house is that you do not provoke the spirits. Behaving in a provocative or offensive way in order to get a response is strictly forbidden, which I appreciate because that, that's respectful. During their stay, one of the team members broke this rule, and he kept trying to provoke one of the spirits into communication by asking inappropriate questions and attempting to trigger traumatic memories. Mm. So this member got what he was asking for, when he was scratched on his neck, his back, and all the way down his ribcage. Mm-hmm. Physical. Very physical. But that's what he wanted. He wanted a reaction. Yeah. He fucking got it. Yeah. And as the days went on, he began starting drama with his teammates. So this True. was after he got scratched. So he started bragging about his financial success, which was not true. And he ran up, okay, get this. He ran up several thousand dollars in charges on his team member's credit card. Oh, what a dick. What a fucking dick move. Oh, my God. How did you get your team member's credit card? What are you buying? What are you buying? Oh, my Lord. And when do you have time to be just, like, online shopping on the side? At your haunted house. Yeah. Are escapade. You busy? This is a fucking maniacal entity. And the D, the D. Like, listen, man, you really need these shoes. <laughs> you need them. I'm going to destroy his life by destroying. <laughs> Your team member will understand. She'll, she wants you to have those shoes. Oh, man, that's evil. Yeah. Uh, obviously, the team was completely fractured in just a few days. Um, And I thought I had written it down, but I don't think I did. But I do remember that what this person was doing to trigger traumatic memories and being provocative was he was antagonizing uh, the spirit of a slave in the basement. Dude. Yeah. So I think he was using really harmful language, calling the spirit names he shouldn't be doing. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Really crossing lines. Uh, he definitely got what he deserved. Y you're going to get something if you're being rude. Not only was he saying provocative things, apparently he even started playing music that would have been played, like, while slaves were working, and, like, how traumatizing. Like, that, that, he went so far. You're stuck in the afterlife already. Yeah. And then people are fucking with you like this. Yeah. Like, trying to trigger trauma. Mm-mm. So. Something's coming. So this guy, oh, like, and I don't think it was the spirit of the slave that started. I think this, I think that spirit did scratch him, but I think that that the attic entity is the one that ultimately started possessing this guy. And well, he's ringleader. Yeah, yeah. Don't fuck with my team. That's true. You did. You fucked with their team, and I'm I'm not that mad that he got, you know. He had payback yeah, for what I he feel, did. I feel bad, but, like, dude. Like, you crossed so many lines. Don't mess with shit. Yeah. Mm. So, I mean, the spirit in the basement is probably like, you know what? Have Adam. Hey, um, I got one for you right here. At against T. How can I help you? So possess sure this, this asshole. I'm with stupid. Yeah. <laughs> this one. This stupid. Ugh. So, I don't know. Speculation. Speculation. Yeah. So Kristen came to check on the team at the end of their stay at the house. She was 
walking with one of the female members of the team so that she could clear away the negativity from the house that was affecting the team. So she was, they were just going on a walk, they were outside, they were getting away from the house. So Kristen says, as we walked, she asked, she asked me to tell her about fallen angels. She said that she always felt different inside the Bel Air house, as if she were in the midst of a battle between good and evil, and she couldn't tell which side she was on. Kristen told her that, according to Christian doctrine, God, in his infinite power, created a multitude of angels, so many of them that their number was incalculable. These angels, who were God's pure messengers, were subjected to a trial of obedience and humility before being granted permission to enter heaven. But Satan, who was the most beautiful of all the angels, apparently, rebelled at this idea of having to prove himself. And when other angels followed his lead and rebelled as well, they fell from God's grace. Expelled from heaven for their sin of pride and disobedience, they descended to earth as demons. As they returned, um, as Kristen and the female investigator returned to the house, Kristen explained that the most important thing to realize in a spiritual battle is that you cannot back down and you cannot let your emotions get the best of you. There are times when malicious entities can make you feel great sadness. They might show you visions in an attempt to influence you or even show personal experiences that you've endured in the past to try to wear you down. So Kristen stressed how important it was to control those emotions. When you don't control your emotions, these entities drain, will drain you psychologically and affect you physically. Hmm. Kristen warned the woman that these spiritual battles could have an adverse effect on her personal life. Um, and she was talking about all of the crazy things that had been happening during the five-day investigation. Those were the spiritual battles that, they, that the woman and the whole team had been going through. So she said that it might be it might affect her personal life, that her life might become abruptly negative and her behavior might become abnormal. Um, the woman was silent for a moment and then said, do you mean the way my team member has been behaving? Hmm. So that's a good point. Yeah. Kristen said when this woman said that it was then that it suddenly hit her what was happening. Kristen says that. She and the woman had been talking for hours, but at no point had the woman suggested that her team member might be suffering from a case of possession. Instead, the woman had led Kristen in circles, continually deflecting her conclusions and drawing more and more information out of Kristen. Oh, shit. Mm-hmm. Then Kristen realized that she had been in the house, this woman had, just as long as everyone else, and that she was probably being affected as well. So Kristen became pretty certain that the malicious, something malicious, was using the woman as a host. Oh my god. And it had snuck up on her, Then basically. it's good getting to know her. Yeah. That's it, so dangerous. It did a good job. It pretended to be the woman. And that's smart. Or, like, let enough of the woman through... I don't know. I don't know how it works. They kept her at bay and then really just, oh, Lord. Because I think it takes a lot to fool Kristen. So, okay, so when Kristen had this realization, she said she, she physically jumped back in alarm. And as, she t and as the woman turned to look at her, she saw something different about the way her eyes were when she stared at Kristen. Um, and she said that Kristen says she remembers something that Kat Lang, who was uh, her colleague, had once told her about victims of possession so Kat had said, they don't blink. They won't. Mm. And this woman was not blinking at all. Oh, my God. What a good sign. Uh-huh. That's a great sign, though. I'm going to keep that in my pocket. Yeah, you could tell. Mm-hmm. Blink, yeah. bitch. Gotta blink. <laughs> <laughs> this woman then began speaking. And she began referring to personal things that she could not possibly have known about Kristen. She said Kristen's father's name and her great-grandmother's name. She called out the name of her deceased cat. Um, and 
Kristen was rightfully panicking. Yeah. Because this is bad. Um, dealing with a malicious entity is stressful under normal circumstances. And she's like, this one had snuck up on me. And I wasn't prepared. And she now it's in a body outside of it, the house. Yeah, they're back at the house now, though. Oh. So that's probably worse. Mm. Uh, so Kristen said that she was afraid and that whatever this was knew that she was afraid. Mm. So here's what, here's what Kristen did, because she's pretty incredible. She said, I started to calm my breathing so that I could control my mind. The entity was using the names of my deceased loved ones to weigh me down and make me emotional, trying to break me. But this wasn't the first time the Bel Air house had attacked me. And after a minute, she had herself back under control so that she could speak. Bad bitch. Oh my gosh, get it. Mm-hmm. So, and breathing exercises for the win. Those really do. Get your, get some breathing. Just take some deep breaths. Let's take a deep breath real quick. <sighs> Thank you. Yeah. I feel better. Breathe. Breathing is important. It's and big. not just like that normal, shallow, bitch-ass breathing that everybody does. <laughs> Fucking take a full goddamn breath. Yes, yeah, several if you can. If your tummy is not extending, you are breathing wrong. This is true. You need to take a full breath. Because everybody slips out of it. Oh, yeah. I always breathe shallow. Me too. And then I'm always like, oh, why am I so full of anxiety? Oh, because I've been breathing like a dumbass for the past four hours. Or do you ever realize that you're holding your breath? Yeah. Yeah, I do that. Like, that, it's, 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 it's funny because it's a natural thing that we don't have to think about it, but you really do have to think about it. You actually do. You have to become conscious of it. Mm-hmm. And if you can do that, even just once a day, one breath once a day, you're yeah. going to make so much progress. Yes. And I think Kristen is showing how helpful that can it's be huge. to calm you in a really scary situation. Um, okay, so Kristen had herself back under control. And she said to the woman, I know you're in there, speaking directly to the woman and ignoring the entity. Um, And she said, I know something has you. So she's trying to connect to the woman who's in there. She knows she's there. And so this is what the thing said to her. It said, fuck you, Kristen, the the entity said. Fuck your dog, Bella, too. Fuck you, fuck you, fuck you. Wow. Sorry. Uh, But no matter what it said to me, she says... I couldn't turn my back on this woman. Uh, She realized that she had a bottle of water in her hand and that there was kosher salt on the table beside her because they were in Mm -hmm. the kitchen of the house. And Kristen told the entity, you have no power here because I know what you are and you don't have control over this woman because she knows what you are. And I command you to leave her now. Good. Put your foot down. You have to say you got it. You got to speak up for yourself. Yeah. And things that are in every situation, but even if ghosts. And if, you know, if you're not sure, might go as ahead. well. Speak it anyway. Yeah. That, that, that's what I'm saying I do with my dreams. G- gigs and that. And that works. It does work. It's worst case scenario. You're speaking to nothing and that's fine. That's fine. I'm like, and I do. I feel silly being like, hey, get out of my dreams. Go away. And also, it, it kind of freaks me out that my dreams get better every time. And it works. That's, yeah. Every time. It's interesting. It's really weird. So, it doesn't hurt to be firm and to say it out loud. Uh, okay, so Kristen is telling the entity, she's commanded it to leave. Mm-hmm. It says, you're pathetic, it said, and it laughed. So Kristen picked up the kosher salt, and she flung down a handful of it. And when she did that, a smell like sulfur rose into the air just as two other members of the investigation team entered. Kristen told them to start praying and that whatever happened, not to stop. Mm. The woman didn't make any move to rise. She was just sitting in a chair, staring directly at her. Mm. Kristen says that that told me that it was me that the entity really wanted. Yeah. So she grabbed some holy water that was nearby in the kitchen cabinet. Super convenient. Clutch. Yeah. Just, you know, have that on hand. I would if I was her in yeah. the house. Uh, so she grabbed the holy water and combined it with the kosher salt in, the, in her water bottle. And then she told one of the investigators to call Kat Lang. Kat was the one mm-hmm. who had told her about the not blinking thing. And so when the possessed woman heard this, she said, Kat is dead. And then it said, I killed her. She won't answer. 
So that's horrifying. Uh, yeah. yeah. Um, okay. But it also apparently really doesn't want her to get a hold of Cat. Sounds scared. Yeah, it's nervous. Mm-hmm. Cat did not answer. So that, you know, was a little disturbing. But Kristen yelled, try again. Like, try calling her again. Then she told the entity, I'm not backing down. You have, I love this, you have 30 seconds to get out of Edwin and Lyde's house or I'll drench you with this holy water. And Kristen used their names, um, Edwin and Lyde, deliberately to call their spirits into the room. And the other team members looked terrified, but they just continued to pray. That was their job. They did it. Good job. Just let, just let Mama Kristen handle. Oh, keep praying. That's your job. Um, then the energy finally shifted and Kristen could feel Edwin's presence. Mm. Um, and she felt emboldened because of this. And she threw the whole bottle of holy water on the possessed woman. And the woman began to scream as if she had thrown acid on her, even though there was nothing in the bottle but salt water. That's a sign. That's, that's a pretty good sign. Uh, they all stood back as the lights in the house began to flicker. Uh, they heard a huge banking noise as if something very heavy had fallen over and the windows began to shake as if the wind had picked up outside it was if the sky had suddenly been obscured by clouds and although it was still daylight outside darkness was literally falling inside the house oh, weird so it was just getting dark heavy inside the house the woman had turned pale her face took on a gray cast as if she were about to be sick. She slouched down in her seat as if she had, like, lost control of her body. And team member went over to her to help her up. And although terrified, Kristen began, she began praying. Because it was the only thing she could think to yep. do. With this, everything finally stopped. The pressure was gone in the house, and the energy dropped drastically, and everything went back to being quiet. The windows stopped shaking, it's no the noises stopped, the darkness lifted, it was, everything went away. Relief. Oh, so the woman came back to them after that. She she came to, and you could tell it was her. Uh, Kristen drew her a salt bath to cleanse her of any remaining malicious influence. Um, so that sounds like a nice, that's a good tip. Mm -hmm. I don't think I'd want to do it in the house, mm -mm. but there you have it. So that night, the provocative team member's behavior visibly improved, and he did seem to return to his normal personality. Mm. So it seemed like he had, he Everyone was being influenced. got a little bit of something. Yeah. Yeah, unfortunately. Yeah, this poor woman and the guy who basically started it in the first place. So I don't know why it went after this woman in particular, but... Kristen said that if the others hadn't been with me to confirm the experience, I might have thought that I'd gone completely delusional. Aww. Yeah. I bet. Uh, she said the house, the house shocked me to the core that day, and the weight of that experience still lies heavy on my mind today. Because that's, that's scary to be talking with somebody for hours and then realize that they have been possessed and now there's a battle. Oh my god, it was, it was, it was a battle. Yeah. So here's what ended up happening to the group after all of these events. Kristen says that two weeks after they left the Bel Air house, the team disbanded. Oh. Eight months later, one member's personal relationship had deteriorated to the point that she almost got a divorce, while another lost her home in a fire. Ooh. The investigator who had instigated all the trouble by provoking the spirit in the basement he left his family, and none of the other team members have heard from him since. Whoa. Where is this guy? Oh, my gosh. Oh, my God. Where is he? That's that's creepy. That is, like, what happened? What happened? Because I don't think he actually got super cleansed. I think that was the woman that mm. got very protected. Maybe it was a distraction. And I wonder if something clung. I think something Definitely. Something. You just looked at me so creepy when you said that. Scary. Ah. Ew, something got him. You tilted your head and widened your eyes. Yeah, you, you done that. You did that to me a few times. So I had to give it back. Um, I did? Yeah. Ooh, that's real creepy. Yeah, Sorry about that. Some, yeah, we've got some scary faces. Oh. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> but that, that, could, that could be it. I bet something in the house possibly attached. 
It definitely sounds like it. And they were not aware. Because it seemed like he got a little bit better. <gasps> Sneaky mofo. Mm-hmm. Oh, I do not like how it's just so predatory and, and smart and... It's, it's icky. Icky mm-hmm. is the word. I mm-hmm. agree with that. Okay, so Kristen has another tip. Good. We love Kristen's tips. Mm-hmm. So, though it's far less severe than possession, spirit attachment is something... Uh, I don't like this. She said spirit attachment is something you can pick up anywhere, like a grocery store or a restaurant. You can also pick up attachments from the people around you. And if you're in the presence of someone who's in a foul mood and you feel your own spirit begin to sag, it might be more than just a sour companion, she says. Interesting. On some basic level, we're all attuned to each other's energy, and you can think of negative energy as a parasite that can latch onto your own energy, sucking away at it. Yeah. Yeah, I feel that. That's yeah. alarming. It is alarming, but when you think about it, when you feel especially negative if it emotions, keeps you, especially mm-hmm. if it keeps you for a while. Exactly. Like, have you ever gotten stuck in a negative yeah. emotion? Mm-hmm. I know I have. Mm-hmm. And that's what it feels like. It feels like a parasite. That's creepy. Oh, my God. I don't like it. It's probably just, you know, a lot of times it's probably just myself being a parasite to myself, <laughs> which is terrible. But, you know, sometimes. You're a shining star. Well, thank you, dear. Mm-hmm. I'll try to not negatively parasite myself as, as much as I used to. It, well, hey, that's the goal. It's a work in progress. It sure is. Yes. Yeah. And and then because I'm working at that, I am also less likely to attach parasites to others. Well, bless you. Thank you. Everybody do your job. Go to therapy. Yeah. Make sure you don't leave attachments on other humans. Yes. Mm-hmm. This has been a good lesson. Yes. That's a, that's a fantastic lesson. So we become especially susceptible to these attachments when we're feeling vulnerable or lacking in spiritual protection. Um, these parasites can make us feel tired, irritated, moody, and lethargic when we are normally energetic and upbeat. And, you know, I, I, you know, I, I agree with that, but also, you know, it's a lot of things can make us feel tired and irritated and yeah. moody. Yeah. Like being a girl. That's hard. Yeah. That's enough. Yeah. So the intensity of these feelings can depend on the degree of attachment. You can get rid of lesser attachments by using the power of conscious positive thinking or by performing a spiritual cleansing, which I don't know how to do, but would love to learn. Maybe just Palo Santo would. And That's true. I think there's a whole bunch of levels. There, there are some. We do, and we do some lower levels. Yeah, we do low levels. I think, like, because every week I'll go around my house and cleanse it with Palo Santo wood. I'll burn Palo Santo. I love Palo Santo. Mm-hmm. I have some Palo Santo uh, spray that my oh, friend gave yeah. me. And you'll just spray it around your person. And it's, I think that's a good way to do a little bit of a cleanse. Mm-hmm. So if you don't know yeah. where to start, get some sage, get some palo. Yeah. Yeah. Start where, start where you are. Yes. I think that's a good book And somewhere. start now. Yeah. <laughs> Now's the time. <laughs> good rules. Um, oh, and I love this one. So crystals like smoky quartz and black onyx repel negative energies and entities. So wear them to protect yourself. And in the last story, I think we went over that black onyx can be too strong if you're sensitive at all. So you should, you could just gift it mm-hmm. to a negative entity. But after I did this research, I got smoky quartz and I got you a smoky quartz. And we got smoky quartz all up in this. We sure do. And we're very safe and protected and cleansed. Yeah, we practice safe spiritualism. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> safe spiritualism. Practice safe spiritualism. I'ma make it a shirt. I like it. Thank you. <laughs> um, so sage and essential oils of lime and lavender can also help strengthen your protection, as does prayer, incense, and religious amulets. Hmm. Like probably like a cross necklace or something. Or whatever your or thing is. Whatever your um freaking um my mala. Oh, yeah, like your mala, mala beads. Mala beads. Mm-hmm. Whatever yeah. your thing is. Yeah. As long as it has, I think, a positive intention and purpose mm-hmm. and you're wearing it, it will do good things. Yes. However you choose to protect yourself, it is also vital to build a strong shield to ward off negative energies, especially if you work or live 
in a highly emotional environment. And um, who doesn't? A good point. Yeah. And we can all, I think everybody knows that we can spin ourselves into tornadoes and also become freaking gods and goddesses at, at any moment. So knowing the things that work for you and putting good intention into those things and utilizing them. And you need to, because I think that's the hardest bit is like getting stuck in your mind and not doing those little things that are so helpful. And I think it's really important just to, to be selfish. Yeah. And to do those things. Yeah. And sometimes you do need to put yourself first because, and I know it's, it's like that saying, you know, how can you fill up anyone else's cup if your own cup is empty? Yeah. But that it's true. You have to, you can't take care of others and unless you also take care of yourself. Lessons. I like that. Let's, we can end right there. I think it's beautiful. I do want to know how spooked you are by that last story. One to thirteen. Uh, incubi, I'm at thirteen. Yeah, me too. Cause fuck that. Uh, uh this one is. Oh, I'm gonna give you a ten because I love possessions. Are so interesting and it's so scary, but it's also the way that she handled it. Her understanding of coming to the the conclusion of, of what was actually happening, but then all of the tips in the end. It brings in a very like realistic, practical approach to being a human in this day and age. So I'm I'm thoroughly spooked and pleased. Oh, but but I I so appreciate that it had all the levels. Um, I would also give it a ten on my end for that. And I just had an idea. Uh, if we're gonna be all competitive and whatever, yeah, we need to be adding up these. Oh, scores. we do. Uh huh. Okay. Yeah. Next next time. All of our scores will be added. Ooh. Because we have them. We've we do. Them. Yeah. So we'll add up our scores and we'll start doing a who's who's winning. I like it. Yeah. I like it. Well, and we'll have to start taking into account the scores that other people, other give, people us. give us. Yeah. Please rate us. Who is scarier? What would you give Caitlin this week? Ooh. One out of 13. And then I'm going to obliterate you oh, next week. Bring it on. I think you got a five last time. Uh, yeah, that was rude. I need more. Hey, that was... I think I gave you a six. I think I bumped it up to a six. Oh, yeah, you bumped me up to a six because you pity... It's a, it was a pity bump. It was a pity bump. <laughs> yeah. Dang. Yeah. That's All right. Fine. Bring your bring your A game. I'm going to fucking destroy you. I'm oh, my God. so excited. Oh, my God. I regret this. Episode. Yeah. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Because this is where I was at the last few times where I was like, man, I'm slacking. And then we no longer. And then yeah, here we go. The upsetting thing is, I know what story you're bringing next, and I know that you're gonna deliver, and I'm, I'm not happy about it. Yeah, yeah. this no. is gonna be fantastic. Yeah. So if you are excited, stay tuned for next week. But you gotta let us know. Please rate us, and tell us how spooked you are. Absolutely, give us a rating on any of the podcast platforms that you're listening on. Send us a Gmail with your stories and your and your ratings and your feedback to somethingspookish at gmail.com. Follow us on Instagram at somethingspookish. You can check out our website, www.somethingspookish.com. And you can donate to our Patreon. If you like us, please spread the word. Thank you guys so much for all of your support. We appreciate you. We love you. And until next time, stay spooky! spooky.